Welcome back to a new episode of Career Day, the podcast. I'm your host, Adam Zigner, a high school business teacher in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Pianovich. Stephen is currently a sports editor for CBS Sports, covering mainly Major League Baseball, the NBA, and soccer. Stephen, welcome in. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ziggy. It's a, a pleasure to reconnect and chat with you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. So many of my kids, I'm sure, are familiar with the idea of sports journalism as readers or as consumers of that content. But from the career side, explain what it is that you do. Yeah, so sports journalists are basically, the bare bones is they are the people who report on sports and sports news. And that, and that can cover a, a lot of different things these days. Uh, it can be the people who are in a press box at a game and at a press conference for a coach or a player. It can be people who are working for a, a smaller local paper who are at you know, a high school basketball game or a high school football game, you know, taking stats and, and doing interviews after a game like that. It can be people who are on TV uh, doing you know, broadcast news. It can be people who have podcasts. It can be people who work for websites uh, or blogs. It, it's a whole bunch of different things are going on right now in sports journalism, but it's basically, yeah, there are many different ways to do it right now. And uh, it's the people who cover sports, uh, for news outlets. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, so I got started, uh, I attended Penn State and I got there in 2010. Uh, and I started working at this school paper there, the Daily Collegian. So I started there, which is now 12 years ago, almost hard to think of. Uh, doesn't feel that long. Um, but I, I've been basically working in some sport, sort of sports journalism uh, since then uh, through a variation of uh, working at the school paper, doing internships, uh, from working with small local outlets to working with some bigger national things uh, on the website side. So I've been in it since then with a, a lot of different stops here and there. So you mentioned, you know, your, your title now, sports editor for CBS. So what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah, so I work with the team that's responsible for all of the written content that you would see on cbssports.com. Um, and that basically covers most national and collegiate news, uh, at least in the United States. So I work with a few different verticals, as you mentioned, the baseball team, soccer, and uh, the NBA for basketball. So my job mostly is coordinating with a team of other editors and writers to make sure we are staying on top of the news. Um, a typical day for me kind of looks like I usually get on my computer. Uh, I work from home, which has definitely both pros and cons, uh, but we all communicate via Slack, which is a you know, popular thing people use uh, these days to just kind of have everyone in one place and you can easily message each other, drop in links for other things you see and stuff like that. Um, but a typical day for me is checking the news to make sure that we have, you know, we are covering all the news items that we want to cover. We usually have a budget, which is uh, different stories we are planning to run throughout the week. So sometimes there'll be the scheduled stories that are already ready to be published. Um, sometimes there are things I need to, to read and get published. Um, so the first thing I do is just to check to see if there's any news out there. Um, and then after that, it's basically 
reading stories and working with our team of writers to create new content for that day. And uh, that's usually saying, hey, you know, here's something I saw this player, LeBron James said this after the Lakers fifth straight loss last night, let's do a story on that. And the writer will do it. What I'm responsible for is copying editing, copy editing that story, which is basically checking for typos, making sure everything's spelled correctly, stuff like that. Um, and also writing the headline and choosing a, a picture to go with that story. Um, and there's definitely an art to that. Like it's something that you get better with over time, but, uh, and it's, it can be the most important part of a story is just that headline that you kind of want to draw people in, but you don't want to get too much away because you want them to read it still. So uh, that's an important part of my job. And then once that's published, once that's posted on, you know, it goes live and is public on the internet, I send that to our other team of editors who worry about things like social media or do push notifications uh, or control the homepage that you'll see if you just go to cbssports.com. Um, so they know that story's out there and you know they get it to various, if you get push notifications from CBS Sports, that's how that eventually, that story goes from nothing to your phone or your laptop or wherever you get your news uh, through that. So I, I play a role in that and I just work with the other writers and editors to make sure we're staying with, up with the news. Absolutely. So a quick follow-up to that. So you mentioned, um, you know, you work with a team of writers and everything. Um, did, and again, doing it for 12 plus years, have you found that you enjoy that, that team aspect of, of the job? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, it's one of the best things about my job is I work with a lot of really skilled writers who I like to think I would just enjoy if I didn't have this job, if I was just an NBA fan or a baseball fan, and I wanted to know the latest news or I wanted to read about Ben Simmons trade rumors or whatever it is that I would want to read these people because they're very sharp. And uh, I also like to think that I help make that work better by it's a really collaborative process. A lot of the time, sometimes things are really cut and dry. You know, sometimes it's this guy got traded, not really that much to say, but sometimes you're working on a longer piece and, and maybe something that other outlets haven't touched on. And I get a chance to work with writers and explore different story ideas and to also make their work as strong as it can be when it's published. So I really, really enjoy that part of my job. And I really like the team I work with. That's, that's awesome. So kind of shifting back, you know, 12, 12 years ago or so, why, why sports journalism? Uh, so as you know, like when we grew up together, I think you were also a sports lover and I, just really became obsessed with sports. Um, the first thing I can think of is the, this is gonna date me to these high school kids, but uh, the 1998 home run race between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. I just, I was six years old that summer and I just remember watch, seeing a, a game on TV every now and again and just being like, oh, I really care about this. I wanna know what's happening with that. I wanna keep up with it every day. I need. I would wake up in the morning and I would, you know, either check the paper or ask my parents or whatever. Just did Sammy Sosa hit a home run? Did Mark McGuire hit a home run last night? What's going on? And uh, that kind of just just followed me throughout my life. I started reading things like Sports Illustrated for kids when I was younger. I would always get the uh, sports section out of our local paper. Shout out to the Harrisburg Patriot News. Uh, I would. 
I read ESPN, the magazine. And then, you know, once I got a computer, as I got a little older, I would, you know, always be reading things like ESPN.com or just blogs about Penn State football and basketball and all this stuff. To, and I think it kind of hit me in high school that that could be a career, that these are people are making all this content and that's something that you could do if, you know, if, if certain things break your way. So that was something I always was really interested in. It just kind of started from wanting to know the latest sports information as a kid. And I, I think that's really important and something that I want, I want to kind of touch on as well. Um, you know, like you said, sports has always been kind of that passion for you. It's always been a part of your life. It's always been something you've been interested in. And then finding, finding that, you know, you can actually turn it into a career without, without really being an athlete, like without being the athlete playing the game, you can actually turn sports into a career. So, you know, how, how did, how did, you know, that passion for sports, how did pursuing that kind of drive you as you got to Penn state and kind of learned, you know, what you were capable of in the journalism field and, you know, being able to follow that passion. Yeah. I think uh, I just always really wanted to know, the latest thing. And I wanted to be the one who got to ask questions to athletes or coaches about, you know, why they made this decision or what this means to them or just certain things. Like I, I was always very curious about it. And it was just something that I was so interested in. I, I played three sports uh, growing up. I was, I was okay at soccer, but I was, I was not very, I'm only five foot nine. So I didn't have a, I don't have a pro career in basketball on my horizon or anything, but I always just cared about, about sports growing up. And I just wanted to know things about them. So I, I, I soaked up all that information. Yeah. And then once I got to Penn state, I started working for the school paper and I started out, I think I covered track and field was the first thing I got to do. And I didn't know really anything about it, but I, it was a chance for me to talk to athletes and talk to coaches who were performing at these really high levels. And it was, it was a really fascinating experience and something that really showed me that I could do this as a career. And, you know, I, you got to, you got to Penn state at a very interesting time, obviously for the university, mm -hmm. especially in the journalism field. I know, um, I don't know the specific, uh, award that you, that you're reporting one, but you know, you were there during, um, the, the scandal that they went through a couple of years ago, um, and reported on that. And, you know, one of the things that my, my kids have actually uh, been talking about a lot lately is skills in careers. And we actually just did uh, an exercise last week where they got a card with a job on it and it listed some necessary skills. And one of the jobs had, uh, had confidentiality on there as a skill. And I actually, uh, one of the kids said, raised their hand and said, how is confidentiality a skill? And your job is actually a perfect example of times where that might be necessary. Um, so, you know, that being a skill and not necessarily from like the medical sense or whatever, mm -hmm. but how do skills like that and being able to, you know, be trusted, help you and better you in your profession? Yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it is building trust with people. I, I think uh, as, as far as reporting on stuff goes, if you're covering a story and Right. There, sports journalism covers a lot of different things. Like it, it is, you know, the Sixers beat the Celtics last night. That's one example. But it could also be these stories about these really intense subjects or really personal things that are happening off the field or off the court. 
Um, and I think that's where the trust really comes in. That if you're, uh, if, if you want to write a story about what is happening uh, with this athlete that might be going through a personal crisis or might have, you know, they didn't have the performance they wanted to have or, you know, something else happened that if you talk to them enough, if they know who you are, if you are able to show up all the time and, and show you're invested and show you care about this person and care about this story, I think that makes a, a huge difference. And just building trust with people, with sources is going to make you, it's probably gonna make you better in any job, but it'll definitely make you a, a better reporter and, and a, a stronger journalist for sure. Absolutely. So, um, and then one more Penn State related follow-up, because I, I know you've, you know, you've been a fan most of your life. Um, when, when covering a team that you've been a fan of, or you were in the past, um, how do you make sure that when you're writing something, you're, you're having an unbiased opinion on it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, especially with, with sports journalism. Um, so I remember when I was at Penn State, the first time I was ever in a press box was at Beaver Stadium. And it was like the week before I was like in the student section as a fan. And the next week, I think the paper had an extra pe press pass. Penn State was hosting Alabama and I was in the press box and it was, it's just a totally, it's a very professional environment. Like you are, you're inside first of all, which is kind of funny at a stadium, but you're like, you're completely separated from like the fans and, and it feels, it just feels a lot different. So just being in that environment kind of made me feel like, oh, like this is, I didn't really know what to expect, but it, it's a very professional environment. There is, right. If Penn State scores a touchdown, there is no clapping. Not that they, just, I don't know if they scored a touchdown against Alabama that year. They lost, they lost pretty handily, but uh, there wasn't much to cheer about, which made it easier, but it has this professional environment for sure. And I just remember after that, I was, after that game, I, I got to interview, I'm going to date myself again, Trent Richardson, who your kids probably don't know who that is. Nope. Um, <laughs> but I got to interview him after that game and I had this experience in the press box and it was, it just, again, was one of these things where like, oh, I think I would rather do that instead. And I love being a fan and I'm still a fan of, of many teams. Um, but when it comes to your work, you, you can balance it. And I think there's also something to be said for keeping that passion. Um, because you're a fan of a team doesn't mean you can't cover them in a certain way. It means you can't wear your Penn State jersey and go crazy in the press box. But right. if you are a fan of the Phillies and Bryce Harper is in an 0 for 25 slump, like you don't want a story that talks about how great Bryce Harper is. I think you want to know what's going on with Bryce Harper. Why, you know, what is he pushing too hard? Is he not seeing the ball well? Is something else going on off the field or an injury or something like that? And a good journalist will find that out. And they would be invested in that team and invested in these players to know that, that something's off there. So I, I think being a fan certainly does not eliminate you from being a sports journalist. It's probably, a, in a way, a prerequisite that you kind of have to just shift and alter as you get into the job. Awesome. So kind of, you know, again, you've been, been doing this in some capacity for 12 years. But early on, was there somebody who kind of helped you or inspired you to take the steps you've taken now? Yeah, I think, um, I guess 
I'm going to go back to Penn State again. It was actually when I was in high school, I, I also really cared about Penn State basketball, which I know I knew a ton of Penn State football fans, but I did not know a single other person who cared about Penn State basketball. Um, but there was a writer for the Patriot News, uh, a col- sports columnist, David Jones, who always covered Penn State basketball. And I looked forward to reading. Like I, if Penn State had a game the night before, I would get the paper the next day and, and read. That was the first thing I did was like first thing in the morning. If we had our paper, I would read his column about Penn State basketball because it was like the only I was like it was just for me. I don't know. I don't know who else the audience was, but I was like, thank God someone's doing this. Um, and I actually. Uh, right after college, I got to, I did some freelancing for the Patriot News and I got to work with Dave a little bit. And uh, he's just, you know, a, a person who's a veteran of the industry who really knows what he's doing and, and was really helpful. But just to have, um, I, I think just knowing that I could be someone who is writing stories for that other fan out there who maybe this this team is ignored or this storyline is ignored by a lot of other people. But if I'm the person who's paying attention to it, uh, paying attention to it, to it and doing it well, uh, that people out there will, will value that. So I, I really, um, dating back to my years in high school, reading the local paper, that was a big deal for me. Absolutely. So, uh, couple, couple other ones here that uh, my students definitely kind of threw out to me as well. Um, you know, you've talked about your favorite things and you know, kind of working on that team and getting to support those people. What about some, what would you say is the most difficult part of your job? Yeah. Um, I think the most difficult part of my job is when there are lots of things happening at once. Um, there can be a lot of times where I feel like I'm balancing a handful of different things. And that can be, this week is the NBA trade trade deadline, for example. And there's probably going to be dozens of different deals and some of them more notable than the other ones. And, and the point is all, there will be all this news happening at once and it's really tricky and it can be difficult to kind of figure out, okay, we have this writer covering that story. We have this person doing that. You know, I know this editor is helping with this thing. What am I going to do? And like, where can I be the most helpful? And how can, how can we make sure we're doing our best job to stay on top of all this news while there's a ton of news at once? So it's definitely a, a tricky thing as uh, as stuff happens all at the same time. <laughs> and uh, it can feel like you're just in this avalanche of like, as soon as you do one thing, there's this other thing to do. And it's almost like whack-a-mole. You're trying to like keep everything updated and, and make sure you're on top of everything, but it can feel like you're never done. Right. Uh, so balancing that and finding ways to be able to do that and, and to be able to do it well. And you want to make sure you're sending out work that is accurate, mistake-free, timely, and all these things in that kind of fast-paced environment can be tricky, but you get better as you do it. And uh, it's a lot easier with a a strong team with you. And mentioning, mentioning that kind of in along the same lines, um, this was, this was an interesting question and the way the person worded the question um, made me, made me laugh, but uh, how do you handle deadlines? And the follow-up side of that is, is this also kind of how you handled them in school? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. I think um, deadlines, I am personally a person who kind of needs a deadline. 
uh, if I know something is, I got to get a story done by 9 p.m., I'm probably getting it done at like 8.30 if I'm the person writing it. But now as someone who's editing the work, <laughs> I'm like, why didn't we do this sooner? Um, so deadlines are definitely a, a useful thing. And I think, I think a, a lot of people in journalism are deadline-driven people. They kind of need that that deadline there to kind of set a goal and to make sure that work gets done. Uh, and as far as schoolwork, I kind of did the same thing. Um, when I was a student, I was always pushing stuff until the last minute, but uh, as I've gotten older, I, I've definitely got a, a little bit away from that, just being on the other side of it, knowing that I'm like, I don't want to have to do this right at the last minute. Let me try to get some of the work done beforehand and it'll be easier when that deadline comes. So I'm a deadline oriented person, but I'm, uh, I suggest trying to get a good bulk of the of what you're going to do done as much as you can ahead of time if you can. So and I've I've definitely seen uh so a, such a different world now as a teacher. Um yeah. I was always the papers due at midnight turning in 11:58 guy. Yeah. Uh, especially during college and mm -hmm. now I I chuckle when I when I get the alert from our learning system that uh, kids submitted, uh, you know, an accounting assignment three minutes before it was due or anything like that. I, you know, I'm like, Oh, I was, I was that person. Like I, I recognize <laughs> yeah. it now. And I recognize that like, yeah, it definitely makes it harder uh, when you, when you put it off until that last second. But yeah. so uh, three kind of uh, broad ones to wrap it up. The first thing, any advice for students who might be interested in working in the field? Yeah. Um, the first thing I'd say is pay attention to the kind of <clears throat> news you consume, especially if, if you're a sports fan and you're interested in sports journalism, pay attention to what kind of sports news you're reading, where it comes from, how it's being reported, how it's being written. Uh, you know, it could be, it could be a podcast, could be video, could be social media stuff. I mean, all that stuff kind of falls under the umbrella and, and journalism and, and sports journal journalism are changing constantly now. Um, so I think if you pay attention to what kind of news you consume and what kind of news that you like to consume and kind of strive to create that, that's a really good place to start. Awesome. And then uh, my next to last one, uh, do you have a favorite thing that you've worked on or something that you've produced or written. I can tell you, I have a list of two things of yours specifically uh, <laughs> that, that I, that I will mention then as well. <laughs> that's another, that's another good question. Um, there were times uh, at Penn state where uh, you mentioned uh, I was there during uh, the Sandusky scandal about 10 years ago. And I had to do a lot of work that wasn't just sports journalism. It was more like, just hard news journalism. Um, and being able to make a shift like that when I was young uh, and to, to do a good job and I did get some recognition for it was a really rewarding process and it was a difficult story to cover. So um, I learned a ton then and that was a, that was a really rewarding thing. Um, and honestly, anytime I can make a bad joke and this might just be in a tweet, it, it could be on it. I love to be able to do it in a headline if I can or uh, somewhere in a story, if I'm writing or editing it, if I can, if I can sprinkle in a, a bad pun somewhere, I'm always thrilled to do that. My two favorite pieces of Steven Pianovich content. Uh, one would be the first time I got to read Piano's Keys in print 
There we go. Yeah. Uh, at I don't even remember the game, but I my my first time getting to read that was great. And then also, uh, I just did a quick Google on you yesterday, and it reminded me of my favorite article I've ever seen you write. Uh, the complete list of times Thirty Rock used sports jokes. Yeah. Um, easily my favorite piece, and that's like like you mentioned there, like being able to make it make a joke, and that's kind yes. of the the other side of sports journalism is what that's what I read a lot of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, that's, those are my two personal <laughs> favorites um, yeah. that I can remember reading. No, I, I enjoyed, I always enjoyed doing, yeah, pianos keys for uh, the student paper and yeah, that 30 rock thing. It was, it was almost, it was kind of like what I mentioned before. It was like a piece that I would have loved to read. It was almost like I did it just for myself. Right. Um, like a piece of content. It's what, what would I want to read? And that's, that's the perfect example of it. So. And yeah. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite piece of piano, Pianovich journalism over the course of my life is the Paul Pianovich uh, <laughs> not serving cones in the dining hall uh, thing that gets posted on a regular basis from you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, my dad wrote a letter to the editor. He also went to Penn State and there was a sign at the ice cream stand that said, you know, we are not serving cones. And my dad wrote a letter to the editor, uh, basically calling out this ice cream parlor for its discrimination against cones, which is exactly <laughs> the kind of joke that uh, has made me who I am today, I think. For sure. So I'm wrapping it up with one question for everybody. I've asked this to, um, what advice do you wish you would have gotten as a high school kid about college, careers, or life that, that you didn't get, but looking back now, you would love to give? Yeah, I would say you don't have to put pressure on yourself. You're going to get pressure from a million other different places. And uh, just be kind to yourself and know that the path that you might want to take might work out and that would be great. But it also might change a thousand times between now and 10, 20 years from now. And the path you're on is the right path because it's the only path you can be on. And you don't have to worry about doing X, Y, Z, or making sure you get this, that, and the other thing. Enjoy yourself, you know, set goals and work hard and know, but you don't have to put the pressure on yourself of accomplishing all these things just because that seems like it's a necessary thing to do. It's, it's not. Awesome. Well, Steven, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, of course. Zig. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again. Thanks again to Steven for stopping by today to talk about, you know, his career path and everything. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate, you know, all the people who have mentioned to me that they've listened to an episode or two, um, you know, keep checking back. We've got some people coming up that I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, check us out, you know, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that social media. Uh, you know, thank you guys again. Have a great day.